Welcome to episode 805 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Rightio, team, welcome along to episode 805, where the boys are sweating up a storm with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Olds. They are indeed. It's like we haven't been away because there's been a show coming out every week, but this is our first time back in the studios for nearly a month. And uh, we can't record at our normal time, so I'm doing a recording on a Monday night. It's been a stunning day here in Christchurch, and uh, I had a hot cup of tea, which wasn't wise. Right. The computer on the knees when we were interviewing yep. Philson. My knees were sweating. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah, <laughs> I took it up and there was like water rolling down my knees, so... We're doing the hard yards for the crew, John. But hey, it's all good. Hype Talk is proudly brought to you by some of our fantastic patrons. We've got Profile Design. Wheels, Hydrogen. Hydrogen. They're selling hydrogen now. Holy crap. Hydration even as well. <laughs> yep. Storage, aero bars, stems, handlebars. If you want high quality equipment for your bike, check out Profile uh, the Magic 5. They are the awesome custom-fitted swim goggles. Check them out at magic5.com. And World Triathlon Store. Yeah, you can get awesome gear there, but you can also get your I Am Talk gear there. So look at iamtalk.me, click on store, and it's really cool. Now, when you become a patron of Dub Dub or I Am Talk, you get to support the show, but you also go in the draw to win some cool prizes. Are we doing a book prize draw today? We are doing a prize draw today. How about that? Uh, and also, let's name a few of our patrons. Jens the Champ Dalman. We've got Douglas, Speed Merchants, Payton Jones. And Mandy T. Mac Towler. Okay, John. And this week's show, we've got some news. We've got some hot topic. We've got an interview. We are talking with Torsten. We're looking back at 2021. He's done a prize money list or sort of prize purse list um, for all athletes. And just interesting to see who's on top and how this ongoing impact of COVID has been. Uh, and he'll sort of talk through a few comparisons and what's coming up. Okay, uh, you're going to do a quick coach's corner. We're going to look at the end and maybe some questions and answers. John, before we get into the news, I saw the PTO wrap-up show of the Collins Cup. Oh, yeah. Did, did you I, see it? I've seen the advertisement before. I'm waiting for one day when I finally get back onto the indoor trainer and I I'm might watch say, it John, there. don't waste your time. Really? Yeah, it was really disappointing. Ah. Yeah, I was really disappointed, to be honest. I was thinking, you know, because the race itself, you're kind of thinking, well... Collins Cup, yeah. Yeah, you, the Collins Cup. You know, I was thinking, it was, you know, it was a long event. It would have been your hardcore athlete watching it. And I was thinking, hopefully they can put together a package that works really well. Mm. And the stuff they did leading up to it, the stuff they did mm. with your, um, uh, Sebastian Keenley yeah, and yeah. Um, Sanders, Sanders and that. that stuff was awesome. So I was thinking they'll, they'll really get this right. It really didn't sell it. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, well, watch it yourself to yes, see. I will indeed. But I watched the whole thing because I thought I'll give it a fair, fair, what was it? A fair suck of the sad. Fair suck of the sad. <laughs> I'll give it a fair suck of the sad, but it was like... I, I, as I'm watching, I'm thinking it's not really doing it for me. There's no way this is going to get anyone who's not into triathlon mm. into it. So, the, whereas the the ones before, awesome. I thought, yeah, I was like, oh, they rock. So, mm. again, year one. But anyway, first race of the year, we had uh, Pukon seventy point three. Good old Gomez. Gomez is back in the game. He took take this out uh, by two minutes over a guy called Lucano, Luciano Tacconi, uh, who's from Argentina, went to the Olympics uh, a few years ago. Third place was Ronaldo Colucci. I want to get him on the show one day um, because he's 36, but he did his first Ironman 
Did I Man Brazil in 2005, so I guess he must have been 21 at the time, finished in fourth place, uh, went on to go to the Olympics, carried on doing Ironman all the way through that with performances, you know, fifth at the World Championships in 2008, went to the Olympics, has uh, been to Hawaii, got podiums all over the place, uh, still going strong at 36. Well, we'll tell you what, Gomez is 38. True. Coming up 39. Oh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. If he can sort his biking out and become strong on the bike, you know, he's going to be an Ironman contender. He can certainly do is it on the back? swim. So, yeah, he's, going, he's doing some long stuff. Oh, is he? He's on a new bike. I see he's ditch specialised or one or the other ditched each other. Uh, he's on an Orbea. And, uh, yeah, if he can get a good strong bike leg, he's going to be a contender. But we haven't seen that yet, really, at 70.3 or Ironman. It, it, oh, we have seen some good he, He's kept up a few times. Did he, get, did he got sick of the balls, didn't he? Yeah, no, he has kept up, but he he's you he's often see he's teetering on the back. So has he has he had, has he had a great Ironman performance? Uh, well, he's won. Let's have a look. He has he won Ironman Malaysia, uh, and he did that in eight oh seven, and then he went on to. I'm sure that was the year he went on to do Hawaii. Uh, when he did Hawaii, he got didn't do that uh, well, did he? Didn't do that well. Uh, and he got 11th in 2018 in Hawaii. Uh, he got second uh, in Cairns. Uh, I think that was his Ironman that debut. Was, um, and that was with um, Braden took it out. Braden Curry, it? I yeah. think it was. Yeah. Uh, and he's done some really good half Ironmans. He won the World Championships in 2017. Um, he go. finished third in 2018. So over half, he's been able to just hang in there. Well, the no. He, he, come on, he won the half, World Championship. Yep, sorry, yeah. I shouldn't say yeah. that. Um, but a full Ironman, it's just that bike that just lets him down a little bit. Yeah, okay. It'll be interesting to see uh, if we can pull it off. On the female side, we had uh, Luisa Duarte take it out uh, in a 4.17, winning by about seven minutes over another veteran, Barbara Riveros, with a Romana Bellina in oh, pretty close third place. So there you go. Not much racing happening. That was it. Well, it's that time of year, isn't it? Okay, Flora Duffy has been honoured and is now a dame. She is. So Dame Flora Duffy. So for anybody outside the Commonwealth countries, you know, that's the equivalent of being knighted as a as sir, a sir. For a male. Um fantastic, highly deserved. She she, you know, she's a, was the first ever gold medalist yeah, for Bermuda, Bermuda maybe yeah. the first ever medalist even. I'm not sure on that. Um she'd be I a just rock star on that island, oh, eh? She is just like she's she should be the queen. It shouldn't be Dame, she should be the queen. <laughs> the queen of Bermuda. Only a shirt, and this isn't a criticism of Flora Duffy whatsoever. It's a criticism of the whole system. I don't reckon you should be getting these knighthoods and, and honours when you're still an active athlete. It's like the same with Sir um, Lewis Hamilton, uh, Sir Ben Ainsley. They're still active athletes. Like, give it to them later on in life. They deserve it, but I just don't think... Well, don't you, why? Well, they're still That's young and active, and they've still probably but, 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 got more to give, and I just think it's a bit premature. Uh, I don't know if I totally agree. Mm. Anyway... Maybe in the last part, of the, like, like Richard Headley was a sewer and he played a couple more games. Right. You know, and he'd yeah. broken, I think if you've done, so, like, and Lisa Carrington's in New Zealand, she's the greatest, the greatest Olympian now of all time mm-hmm. for New Zealand. She's won four gold medals. Oh, no, plus six. the rest. Is it six? Yeah. Six gold medals. So um, now she probably will go to another Olympics or maybe go to another mm-hmm. Olympics. I don't know. I think if they've, if they've reached a significant moment, I think it's okay. Uh, we'll agree to disagree on that. Yeah. I'm just more fascinated to see where Flora Duffy goes from here. Where do you think she's going to go? I've got absolutely no idea. Where do you want her to go? Iron Man. Oh, you do? Oh, hell yeah. And do you think... But she may have, a, may have other plans. Who knows? She's well, 
Okay, Can't go. wait to see where she goes. First significant Iron Distance race is going to be Ironman New Zealand. It's got half Ironmans in Australia and New Zealand coming up before that. We have. We've got the Tauranga half Ironman over here this weekend. I think Cam Brown will be out there busting it out. A little bit of racing starting to happen in Australia. I did notice another race <laughs> in India. Haven't heard of this one before. You can go to do the, the Herculean Triathlon. Uh, it's coming up in a couple of weeks if you want to nip over to India. And An upgraded swim course. Yeah, they've, uh, they've had a couple of events over there already uh, look pretty small a handful of people doing them but you know we I've, I did a race in India God knows a long time ago it's a pretty minority sport over there so good luck hopefully things grow over there it's got upgraded upgraded swim course and better safety <laughs> <laughs> we have upgraded the Herculean triathlon experience upgraded swim course uh, different start and finishing points, increased safety and medical support. Yeah. So, tell you what, they're going all in in India. Yeah. Uh, John's triathlon update. Yeah, it's a world triathlon. I'll tr- this year, I'll challenge myself to, to not say I to you uh, very it's often. It's pretty hard to break that. It is very hard to break that. Uh, it's the same in world New Zealand tri- for us with, with place names because I'm trying to pronounce things in, in Māori yeah. more often. Man, it's hard when you've been doing something for 45 years, trying to not say taupo and say taupo all yeah, the time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm going to try not to say ITU too often. Not much happening on the world triathlon front either. Hayden Wilde's finally made it back into New Zealand, so we've locked him out since the bloody Olympics, but he's finally made it back. Uh, and he was back racing a couple of weekends ago. Uh, and the other one, we good to see some fast running action happening coming up. Probably the likes of Alex Yee and and so on kicking in. We saw um, uh, Morgan Pearson run a really fast half marathon. I think we discussed this at the tail end of last year. He ran a what did he run? He ran a one oh one forty seven. That's pretty cooking it for a one oh one forty seven. That's pretty decent. Yeah. So uh, that's an average of four forty three per mile or two fifty six. In the peak of your peak, if you had gone hardcore running. What do you reckon you could have done a, a half? Oh, hour? no, I'm not that good. I, I, the oh, best, no, not that. But uh, like. Well, a 10K, I broke 33 for a 10K, but not by much. And there would have been a little bit more in there. I'd say 32.30 would be about as fast. No, but I was not. Yeah, no, no. Relatively no, speaking. Yeah, no, I get you're not there, but I'm just yeah. kind of curious. What, what do you reckon you could have got? Mm, for half, I don't know what that equates for, for a half marathon. No, I wouldn't have gone that fast. Okay, maybe yeah. 110-ish. 110-ish, I would okay. have thought, at best. Okay. At best. <laughs> Yeah, I have more faith in you, mate. I have more faith in you. So uh, not much happening on the racing front. Okay, then in that case, let's go to hot topic of the week. Uh, what was the worst career move by a triathlete? Now, let me. Have this a look was here. posted on December fourteenth. Yeah, we didn't really it. get the engagement that we wanted. We got a few comments on there, but we, we, where the stem from was that Gwen Jorgensen. Sort of, we're not trying to bag Gwen Jorgensen, but she went from the oh, highs of triathlon to not really doing that well at running. Uh, she's given it a good crack. But were there other athletes that have moved from triathlon and that just didn't really pan out? We didn't really get the answers we wanted. But Rob Dallymore put a few uh, comments in there. He said, Richie Port has become a pro cyclist and have not done an Ironman yet. He was a talented young triathlete. Okay, this is good. Uh, he did make it very good well in cycling, though. He's done extremely did he? well. Yep. And would he have been a good triathlete? Did you, did I you don't know really know Richie Port's background. I'm not sure when he made the switch, but um, sounds like I'll trust Rob Dallymore's uh, research there. Uh, John Weir's got no one's failed more retrospectively than retroactively than Lance, right? Mm-hmm. Lance is an interesting one, isn't he? Because he, he he could have been a rock star triathlete. Oh, he was a rock star triathlete, but so. only for a moment. You know, yeah. he could have gone down as one of the legends. Oh, totally. It'd be interesting to see if he if he'd gone to the sport. 
Because the thing is... Let's not go into a big laugh. Oh, no, no, but, but, you know, like, okay, the ethics of the guy are, are definitely questionable, but he went into a very unethical sport. Mm. It would be interesting if he'd stayed in triathlon if he would have been that guy, mm. you know? Like uh, it's, he would have been bloody good. Yeah, we, totally. Uh, Adrian Rich, Nina Kraft using EPO so close to Kona in 2004 that it showed up in her testing. Mm. Brian Dunscott, here's the thing about Gwen, though. She may have made a lot more of those in the few years running sponsorships. She might have made a lot more money, I was particularly saying here, being sponsored by Nike than was she ever with Triathlon. I don't know. The thing, the feedback you get from those Nike, they don't make much, they kind of screw those running runners, don't they? Uh, unless, you're like a, unless you're like if you're a Chobley or something. Yeah. yeah. She's, I don't, I don't know. She's She's got a pretty good profile, you'd think. Um, who else have we got here? Neil oh. Hastings, Johnny Brownlee, not laying off the gas in the ITU Grand Final in Cozumel in 2016. He was never the same. So for, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about yeah, here, Johnny Brownlee was, uh, was he leading? He, he, I think he had to finish maybe second or something like that in, in the race to win the World Series. And he went out really hard on the run. And it was really hot, and he just capitulated Is right towards the, the end. Him and that's when his brother okay. came and dragged him through. And if he, maybe if he'd been a little bit more conservative, yeah, he hasn't. He, he was not the same athlete after that. He's still really good. And I never want to bag Johnny Brownie because he is awesome, but he never quite was a dominator like his brother. But he was never going to be, was he? No. Well, his brother always said he was more talented than him. Maybe was, but did you just say that? Sorry? He's just being nice to his little yeah, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a pat on the back. Uh, Brian Dunn's got Jordan Rep going on a publicity war against Diamond Bikes. Now, did you know much about this? I vaguely followed it, but yeah, it's just a bit of a public it, spat. Yeah, I did a little bit of can't. research, and it was a bit more than just a public spat. Yeah. And it definitely didn't come off well. Yeah, so, for either party. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit of a funny one. Um, was, oh, um, one, one that did uh, put a comment in here, Spencer Smith. This was from Jonathan Mercer. Spencer Smith's short-lived pro career um, in cycling. He went across to the Linda McCartney team. She used to have a food brand. I don't know if she still does. He didn't do particularly well, and he, then he did come back to triathlon. Me choosing a shit coach who messed up my entire season by getting all my races on the wrong dates. <laughs> That's Richie Bridge, Bruce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And one by one wrong year. So the, the, my current coach, it's not my current coach. That's gone. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Steve Deardonis, Gomez going out on that last easy ride before the Rio Olympics. We missed out on the rematch of a lifetime. Because he fell off, didn't he? He did. And he was, uh, it could have been, yeah, it could have been a repeat of London with uh, Brownleys versus Gomez. And we missed out on that. Could have been his chance. Jamie Wallace has got here. Andreas shaking Mecca's hand with 5K to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should have been a bit more. Because the thing about Ray Lert, he's the loveliest man. He's very kind of like when you interview him, he's very kind of um, passive, isn't he? He's very mm-hmm. kind of calm and relaxed, and and he's obviously a competitor. But mm. you know, maybe in that moment he should have just said, "Screw you, I'm." Mm. Uh, Tim Hemmings says uh, gets the last laugh here. Pete Rabusic retiring way too soon. Just needed a little bit more experience, and he could have cracked the code. <laughs> He's still going, isn't he? Peter Brusick's still going, I think. I'm sure he was in a result this year. Not the, the same prolific level that we've seen him in the past. If well, you don't but know, maybe he is, but we just don't see him in results. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, Peter Brusick, oh, he, 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 he just races Ironman every bloody two weeks. He really was. And he always he never really, I think he won a couple, but he was always top 10. Yeah. But it was literally back in the old days. Every weekend he'd be doing the race results and he was bloody Pete Rubisic. Yeah. And his reason John made a lot of money out of Wanaka, wasn't he? It was. He got disqualified. Because you got second, didn't you? Uh, let's see. I think I was third. 
Yeah, but you got taken up. I know I was fourth, and I got taken up to third, and it meant I got an extra pay packet. So he wore some gloves. Yeah, I'm just just bear with me for a sec. Uh, Pete Verbrugge sick. Let's see, he did Dubai seventy point three. He hasn't done much racing at all since COVID kicked off in twenty seventeen. I'm sure he did more races than this. Two, four, six, seven. Oh, it's disappointing. Yeah, no, he did more than this. He pro- but he did a lot, a lot of kind of like random ones in yeah. Europe. Yeah. When he was 2012, he's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. <laughs> 13 iron distance races in one year in 2012. And he probably got top 10 in all of them. Here's a question. <laughs> uh, he did, uh, except for Ironman Melbourne. I mean, yeah, most of them were sort of fifths and sixes and stuff. Here's a question. Of all the pros who, you know, could get top 10s, who's mm. done the most Ironman in one year? Probably Biscay? Or was it Pete? Biscay? Uh, uh, well, neither distance. of them would have gotten the top 10 in Kona. So. No, but they were top 10 in, in races. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you, you, yep. that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. They, yep. they need to be of a standard. So it's not just like a, a pro. Mm. Like I raced as a pro once or twice. Yeah. And I could, you know, go, oh, I've done 12 races, but I was never going to rig it again anywhere. Whereas those people were making money by getting top mm. 10 performances. I'd, I'd say uh, Pete probably takes it. Yeah, but Hillary had a period where she was going nutbar as well, didn't she? When she was racing for um, Brett. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember she was racing like every weekend. Hold on, hold on. This is go. what I love about the PTO. I don't know if all her results are up there. Uh, let's have a look. In 2010, she did two, four, six, eight Ironmans. Uh, 20, 2008, two, four, six, eight, nine. So she was sort of around that nine, sort of seven to ten okay. a year. And he did 12, did he? Mm. Were they all Ironman? Yeah. So, so he's probably taking it out. There's no one like that at the moment, is there? Uh, not, that we, not that we know of. No, not that it comes to mind. Okay, uh, just for you, what your thoughts on career moves? Uh, yeah, going to running just didn't pan out, which is really disappointing. I wanted to see her do really, really well and get to the Olympics. Never thought she'd get a medal, but I, I thought she'd do better than she did. So that was... Uh, did, did, uh, was she a dominant runner when she was... No, no, no. She's never been a dominant runner from from my from what I've seen. But really no, good. No, no, no. In triathlon. Oh, far out, Brussels sprout. Oh, was yeah. she? Oh, no. She'd just... She'd be two minutes down and she'd still win. Oh, okay. Oh, unbelievably dominant. Uh, would she... Would she would, like, Duffy's the best runner now? Yeah. She, like, she, she'd run rings around them still. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, not quite to the same extent that she did back then. Yeah. But she'd still be winning races okay. if it came down to a running race. Yep. Um, Spencer Smith would, has been discussed. Just now, how did he go? Uh, not very well at all. So he came back to triathlon. He okay. had a couple of years, maybe. Uh, we've had some good Kiwis that have done. They weren't necessarily top triathletes, but they were sort of New Zealand reps, and they went on and did well in cycling. Um, but nobody's really cracked it that I can think of. But we were focusing on the negative rather than the positive this time around. This week, so though, going to be positive. a bit more positive. Okay, tell me the positive, John. It's the start of the year. Let's do our early picks for Kona. Not St. George. We're going Kona in October. Start of the year. Make your picks now. And we'll, I'll try to remember to circle back to this in October and see if we can find out who's put in a good prediction. The question is who's going to be in Kona? Mm-hmm. Would like a Bloomingfield do Kona? Yep. Oh, yeah, this year? No, all the big Kona's say they're going to be there. Okay. Okay, well. Yeah. I'm, actually, I'm going to be honest. As long as the rock stars turn up to St. George, I'm more excited about St. George this year. I just think it's an interesting race because it's not Kona. Mm. You know, like I love Kona every year, but I just think it's the first time ever we're having a world championship outside of Kona. How interesting is that? And, and St. George is a good course as well, isn't it? It's a good course. What I think could be quite funky is 
I think the potential for us to have a big group coming off the bike and being like an ITU style run yeah. is re reasonable, not certain or anything, yeah. but there'll certainly be bigger groups than what we see so in how cool is that? Uh, and there's nothing like seeing a pack of sort of 10 guys going past that are all of comparable sort of uh, ability. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And, and like, to be honest, this is the only time we're going to see this. Mm. You know, so like it's a, just a pretty unique experience we're going to get once pretty much as fans unless Kona dies away. But, mm. you know, so I, I just, I'm, I'm actually probably a bit more excited about St. George than Kona than the key race this year. So there you go. Mm. I go, we're going to do with the geek Thorsten Rand. Here he is right now talking about the money list for 2021. Okay, team, uh, starting off the new year, I know we've had a couple of shows while Bevan and I have been away, but um, this is the first show back in the new year, so I thought we'd look back to 2021, and no better man to do that is Torsten from tryrating.com. So welcome back to the show, Torsten. Morning, gentlemen. Yeah, nice so to be back. Morning for Torsten, evening for us. Normally I'm complaining about the cold weather in Bevan's place. Today I'm complaining about the hot weather. John, hey, I'm sweating up a storm here. We are indeed. Hey, you've, you've done a post on your on tryrating.com that I thought was pretty interesting. And I think you, you quite often do this uh, towards the end of each year. But looking at the money lists for 2021. So it's been, you know, the funny old another funny old year on the COVID front. I mean, we've had racing, but it's been a bit different to, to normal. So I guess first question, you know, in terms of the trends that we've seen, you know, has COVID had a, you know, continued to have a pretty big impact on on what we've seen for the prize money for the pro athletes? Yeah, we've still seen um, a reduction of overall racing in the 2021 season, and it's been most pronounced for uh, for. Well, I call it WTC to to. Um, I don't know if they're still using that term, but the racing on official Ironman and official 70.3 distance races. Um, they're still down by about 40% compared to the last regular year that we've had, 2019. Um, um, uh, Super League um, Challenge and uh, the WTCS or World Triathlon or whatever they're called re- these days, <laughs> um, they're, they're down a little bit too, but not quite as much. Um, and I guess the main change is that the PTO has added the scene in 2020 and also provided the main or the biggest batch of money uh, in 2021 too. Um, if it hadn't been for them, the overall money would have been down significantly. Uh, this way, we're a little bit up above the 2019 level. So I guess in terms of um, Ironman branded races, it's not like they're paying the pros less at the races. There's just less races. Would that be right? Yeah, I guess the, the, the number of races has gone down significantly for them. Um, for example, we've only had 18 Ironman distance races from them in 2021, where it was 32 in 2019. Um, another factor that played into that reduction that, that we've seen there was also we didn't have the uh, the World Championships, so the biggest paying race didn't happen. And of course, that also um, drags the overall money amount down. Uh, similar stuff has happened for the 70.3. Uh, racing has been down more like uh 29 races was 71 so we've seen a big reduction in racing there and that that's mostly been from uh the first half of the year um and it'll be inter- but it'll be interesting to see what what happens to them in 2022 um calendar is a bit thinner than it was in the past too so i guess the the numbers for them will be a little bit down in 2022 as well but it's it's mostly been down to yeah less races happening 
instead of um, them reducing the money overall. They've started to um, notch up the price money in some races. I, I think we've seen the first um, uh, increase in price purse for the World Championships um, since uh, probably about 10 or 12 years uh, for the St. George and, and a later Kona event in October. Mm. One thing one thing you won't know, but I'm, I'm, it'd be really interesting if you get the numbers behind this, was how much money has the sport lost because of participation numbers being so low? Like, I wonder how much do we, what Ironman and like, you know, ITU and all those, what the income decrease has been throughout this year when there's, you know, with this, you know, those numbers are pretty much 50% of the races. It'd be really fascinating to know what's been the hit to the big organizations. Yeah, I mean, that that that, that is a twofold um, um, issue, I guess, for them. Uh, one thing is... Um, uh, of course, the the decrease in numbers uh, that they've seen, the decrease in money that they uh, were able to to get in, but also even for the races happening, most of the people will have paid for that uh, two years ago, um, so it, it'll have further reduced their income for 2021. And I think Ironman is really um, trying to uh, yeah batten down the hatches. I mean, uh, we 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 haven't seen any races happening in South America for them. Uh, Pucon was the first one uh, just this weekend. Uh, for a long, long time. Um, I don't know if Ironman Brazil is still on the calendar or whether any Ironman distance events are going to happen in South America. Um, yeah, Africa is a similar issue. Um, uh, we've seen uh, Ironman South Africa and all the uh, inroads they were trying to make in Asia, uh, those also seem to have uh, backpedaled quite a bit. Um, so we'll, we'll see how, uh, what that, what that means for the overall racing, but yeah, certainly not, not an easy time for, uh, Ironman, um, as, as a, as a company. And that's why I'm, I'm a bit reluctant. I mean, I'm usually, um, um, one of the first who's, who's criticizing stuff that they're doing. Uh, but these days, I guess, um, it's just very yeah. uh, hard for them to actually come up with a workable business plan and with a way of going forward. Uh, without reducing racing, without reducing staff, without reducing, um, I don't know how much the quality of the races have have suffered from that, um, but obviously uh, lots of problems for them these days that they need to work their way through. You know, you mentioned the, the PTO, and we're regularly talking about them these days in terms of them having the end-of-year bonuses, um, propping up races, new races happening, Collins Cup and so on. So maybe give us some of the numbers in terms of the impact the, the PTO has had on um, the, you know, the prize packets for the, for the pro athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's just have a look at the overall numbers um, from, from the races I've looked at, there were about 10.5 million us dollars paid out in total and wow. more than 4 million <laughs> of those uh, come from the PTO. Wow. Um, so, uh, more about 40% of the overall price money in Ironman distance in 70.3 distance, um, and in short course racing too, um, does come from the PTO and, um, th they haven't had a huge number of events that they, uh, supported or that they, um, provided price money for mainly it's been the Collins cup and, uh, the, the yearly bonus that they paid out at the end. Uh, but they've had like. 200 and I think 40 ish athletes that they provided money for. So it's not just the, the top 10 that, that get the most money there. Of course they get the most money, but it, they, they're paying a lot beyond the, just the top 10 on the men or women's side. Um, and yeah, and let's see what, what happens. I mean, they're, they're uh, have plans for uh, increased races and increased price purses for 2022. 
with the PTO tour with two events coming up, both are supposed to pay in the million dollar range too. So that'll be an increase and we'll see if that um, drags the other race providers along as well. With that, with that Dawson, like they brought so much more money into the sport this last year. Did the pros pretty much end up on even par with what they would have gotten around 2019? Like, you know, if, if, if all the races had happening and PT had come on, PTO had come along, there would have been a lot more money in the game this year. But obviously with the reduction in races, that didn't happen. So in the pros pockets, is it very similar to what happened in 2019? Or is it more or less? Or where does that sit? Yeah, I think it kind of shifted the, the balance a, a bit. Um, when we look at 2019, we've seen a lot of the top 10 were short course racing athletes uh, getting paid by uh, World Triathlon and the Super League. Um, now more and more of the top 10 are longer, uh, focused on longer distance races. Um, and of course, the, the big names, um, the Daniela Reeves, the, the Jan Frodeno, the Lucy Charles Barclay, um, those make a lot of money from the PTO and for them, it's been a net gain, um, for the shorter course athletes. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, more and more people are looking towards the longer distance races, uh, with the additional money in there, I would think, um, Taylor Nip has been one of those that, that made, um, at least, uh, dabbled a bit in there and made some good money on longer distance races too. Um, Javi Gomez is probably another one. And, uh, then also the, the Norwegians that, that, uh, will make racing in 2022, pretty interesting, I guess. Mm. So I, I think, um, overall it's been a shift to the longer distance races. And if the money, uh, continues to increase there, um, it'll mainly pressure, uh, Ironman to, and challenge to also increase their purses. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens on the short course distance. Uh, Super League has been an addition that's been a little bit longer ago. And the increase there was was really welcome. Um, let's see if that um, also continues on the shorter distances. Well, one of the little tasks I sort of uh, pinned your way was to see what impact the PTO had had, not just on the top end, like you mentioned there, you know, Daniela Reef and Jan Fredino, we've, we've seen the numbers that they're pumping out in terms of the bonuses they're getting. But has the PTO payments had much of an impact at, say, athletes ranked in 20, 50, 100, or are they pretty similar as well? Yeah, we've seen uh, increase in price money at a number around number 50 and down to 100, probably. Um, I guess that's about where um, the, the amount of money that they're putting into the sport kind of, kind of peters out. Um, if we look at 50, um, that changed from about 40,000 to 55,000 these, uh, this year, uh, at about a hundred, it was 24,000 in 2019 and it's 25,600, uh, this year. So that that's where about things, uh, level out. Um, I don't know if, if they've had much of an impact beyond the, the top 100, um, people that, uh, earn money in the sport. Um, yeah, $2,000 that they pay for, I think the, the hundred, uh, ranked athletes, um, of course is, is, uh, a good amount of money for them. Um, those athletes probably haven't made too much money from, from other events. Um, but what we've also seen is that a lot of the big names make the, 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 um, a, a big part of their money from the PTO, uh, like Dunny and uh, Frodo and th those athletes. Um, so I think um, overall, it was always a bit um, a question mark, how far down uh, does their money go? And I think it does go beyond uh, just the top 10. But obviously, um, yeah, it's, it's very hard to um, distribute money 
um, to a lot of athletes. Um, I think the main change that we'll see in the sport will be that uh, what's the, what's the saying? Uh, a rising tide raises all boats. Mm -hmm. So if the PTO adds money, then probably Ironman and Challenge will have to do as well. And once that is really attractive, then uh, the shorter course uh, will also have to um, do something. And I guess that's that's the play that they're uh, looking for. Mm. So if people want to see all the rankings, they can go to tryrating.com. Um, but maybe give us, I was interested to know if there's any surprises for you. You know, when you were compiling this ranking list, was there any names in there you thought, oh, didn't, uh, didn't necessarily expect to see them in the top 10 or the top 20? So any surprises um, and equally any names that are maybe missing that we might normally see in, say, the top 10 or top 15? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, a bit a bit of a surprise was that the number one money earner in 2021 was Daniela Rive, who, who um, probably didn't have quite yeah. the season she was looking for, which was still making uh, a good chunk of money. Um, I mean, Gustav Eden was number two, just just two thousand or less than two thousand dollars behind her. That was probably one that we would have expected uh, in, ahead of Danny or Lucy Charles, who had the fantastic um, seventy point three win. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, obviously, she made good money from the PTO, but also her uh, other race results uh, were pretty good, except she didn't have a good race at the Collins Cup and she didn't have a good race at 70.3 Worlds, the, the two big events. And I guess that's something that she'll be looking at to, uh, to change in, in 2022. So uh, I wouldn't write her off quite yet. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you look at those that, that uh, were not in the 2021 list, um, You've got a good number of people that probably were um, either consciously or by by necess uh, necessarily um, taking a bit of a break in 2021. I mean, uh, there's there's a couple of people that that were pregnant, like Radka um, Kalafeld or uh, Daniela Blymail, who had kids, um, and then someone like maybe a Mirinda Carfrey was taking a bit more time of getting back uh, into racing uh, after her pregnancy. Um, so it will be interesting to see what she can do still in 2022. A couple of people ended their careers. A couple of people just took a bit of a longer break. I mean, Ben Hoffman is one of those. Um, he probably um, didn't, didn't have, you know, um, a full out season with triple um, uh, a races uh, on his calendar. He was probably taking things a little bit easier um, than he would have, if there had been a world championship. Um, and he uh, didn't make too much money this year. Um, so it, it's just a bit hard uh, to always know what's going on with these people. Are they just taking things easier? Have there been injuries? I mean, um, Tim O'Donnell has been pretty open about his uh, heart issues and uh, the break he was forced to take in 2021. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that it's. Um, yeah, we have less information um, from a lot of people than we would have had in other years. Yeah, you never know, you know, if people have had COVID, you, sometimes they might, might not make that public, they've got injuries, you just you just don't know, like Mario Moli, haven't really seen much from him, um, yeah. I, I saw uh, Rudy Von Berg the other day, he had glandular fever um, as well, and he sort of was on the comeback, so unless you're in touch with every single person's social media account, and they're on social media all the time. It's, and they're it's, honest. It's, it's hard to know. Any, any um, sort of new names or big movers or young athletes that sort of impressed you? Yeah, I mean, um, Taylor Nib is probably the one that's been the most uh, obvious one uh, with uh, her 
racing in the Collins Cup and uh, having the fastest time there with um, her taking third in the 70.3 worlds. Uh, pretty impressive, um, especially if she's just uh, uh, tooling around on a road bike. I mean, that, that's been a fun uh, discussion to have. Um, but there are others uh, that are more focused on the longer distances. I mean, uh, some of the French guys, uh, Leon Chevalier, Sam Laidlow, um, Justine Mathieu, um, it, it was just interesting to see what came up there. Um, and on the female side, we've seen uh, Marjolaine Pierre uh, in, in Daytona uh, or Ruth Assel, who really broke through this year with two wins uh, in her. Uh, there's just a, a number of athletes that we think are um, climbing towards a top 10. I'm not sure if we've seen any uh, really new and surprising names um, who might be in the running for or a world championship title other than the two Norwegians, of course, who uh, have been known before, but who've just moved up the, the money ranks there this year. How does your retro rating system compare to the PTO rankings in terms of ranking of the athletes? Because, you know, there's a bit of difference. So how do you, well, what is that? Yeah. I mean, the PTO rankings, uh, they're a little bit more ambitious than, than what I did because they um, mix together um, Ironman distance races and 70.3 distance races in just one big um, list. Whereas what I do, do is usually more um, focused on either Ironman or 70.3. And I'm kind of, kind of struggling with, with, with my own um, yeah, ranking so at, the, at this time, because uh, with the lack of racing that we've seen uh, in 2020 and 2021, it gets kind of, kind of weird to, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, to 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 build rankings just based on old results. I mean, take for example Lucy Charles. Um, her last Ironman race was Kona 2019. Wow. How should I rate her as an Ironman yeah. athlete these days? Uh, her latest result is more than two years ago. Uh, usually, I, I require one race from the last season, um, and obviously that, that's not going to work for her. Even if I go back two years, she would still be kind of unranked because we haven't seen any recent results from her. So, um, yeah, that, that makes my rankings at this point a little bit uh, weird to work with, and I'm kind of struggling to properly update them. We'll pr I'll probably wait until after um, St. George in May uh, before doing a, a proper update uh, on those. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess the, the PTO rankings, um, with them looking back um, a little bit over a year, uh, that's probably the more accurate and overall ranking at this point um uh, people will always ask us you know what what do you actually do for your day job and how, how much um time do you spend on pto stuff <laughs> and, and and you know where, where does this all this try stuff fit in with life yeah it kind of changed in recent years i mean um i've i've went to university for uh computer technology so i'm an it consultant in in real life and that's been the main, or it's been the, the sole uh, breadwinner um, for me. Um, that kind of changed with uh, the triathlon stuff, taking up more and more of my time and also uh, able to uh, add a bit of money uh, to the table here. But the main money I still make is, is from, from my day job. And I'm quite happy for that to continue. Uh, if, I mean, I, I started the triathlon stuff because I was interested in it. And just being able to travel to races, to meet people, to meet athletes and talk to them on a regular basis uh, has been very interesting and fulfilling for me. Uh, now I'm also making a bit of money uh, from that, um, but that's just um, 
kind of, kind of a bonus for me <laughs> from all the triathlon work. So do, do I, I will Man- continue to work in my day job. Do Ironman ever come knocking? Because I know that Didi Griesbauer and um, Lovato, they, they often reference you sometimes when they're discussing things, but it's quite uh, subtle. Um, do, do, does Ironman ever come asking for your services? Uh, Ironman has never really asked officially. Uh, I'm, I'm in touch with the commentary team on a regular basis and provide information for them. Um, I mean, one of the things that, that why I'm doing this is to provide more information and to make the, the coverage of races um, more, um, say, uh, at least uh, fact-based or, or data-based or give people uh, uh, the information that they're looking for when they're doing the commentary. So uh, that'll work. Uh, for me, um, I'm doing a lot of stuff here in Germany, uh, supporting the coverage. Um, I wouldn't mind helping Ironman in a bigger way, but uh, for now, my focus is on what the PTO is doing and providing uh, more information for their coverage, because I think that'll be the interesting part here, um, because they have a, a bigger focus on making the coverage of their events and races uh, bigger and better, whereas I'm not sure where Ironman really is um, on, on that end. Where do you see the sport in five, ten years from now, Thornton? You know, like, you know, we, we definitely seem to be at a transition moment with the pet, the embed of the PTO, and they seem to be coming in pretty strong. And the future is pretty fascinating if they can pull off what they're talking about. And it looks like at this stage they might be able to. But where do you see the sport going? Yeah, I think we'll we'll move back uh, to a situation that we've had maybe in the 1980s, where you've had um, one, two, three uh, big events that kind of have to live with each other. And um, sometimes uh, there's, there's war between them, but most often it's, it's a kind of uh, co-opetition. Um, so there's, there's uh, kind of cooperation between them, but also of course competition. Uh, but um, it, it, it would be awesome if Ironman does have, it, is, it, well, if Ironman is not no longer the um, kind of monopoly in the long distance tri- triathlon world. Um, because I think they are a fantastic organization that do provide a lot of fantastic races. Um, but the lack of competition that they've had in recent years kind of, um, they, they, they kind of stuck in, in, in certain ways. And I hope that that's going to change again. Um, and I think the PTO and maybe other e- event providers as well will kind of uh, force them to um, change and grow and become better again. Uh, so that that would be the kind of a dream scenario that I have in my mind, where you have three big organizations with um, big racing ser- series with slightly different focuses. I mean, the PTO obviously focused on the pro races and uh, providing great coverage for that. Uh, Ironman seems to be pretty widely um, a race organizer and event organizer. Um, and I think Challenge is slowly finding their way in that one as well um, as a solid um, well, second or third contender in that market, which uh, is always ready to uh, try new things and um, provide interesting new ideas of uh, working. I mean, the the clash races that we've seen that are kind of part of challenge um, that that's been an interesting addition as well. Um, so we'll see if how that continues. Is, is it a part of challenge? What's the story of it? Yeah, I think uh, uh, with with challenge, the races are independently owned. And I think the races that were challenged North America, uh, Daytona mainly, uh, they just kind of rebranded as Clash, uh, but they're still part of uh, the Challenge Racing Series. 
Mm, okay. It's a little bit weird. One other question I had that um, I just thought of then was, do we have um, equal female participation now for Ironman this year, like at um, St. George and Kona, or is, is it still uh, different between the males and females? Well, with, with St. George, it's still different between the males and females because the, the slot system was uh, tweaked towards the, the, the bigger fields on the men's side. So I think we'll end up with something, maybe 55 men and then 40-ish, slightly above 40 women. Uh, for Kona in October, I think we'll have um, at least equal slots that will get assigned. You never know how many people actually turn up. So mm. um, we haven't seen the full racing calendar yet, but my guess is that that'll be end up uh, 50 plus for both the men and the women. Nice. Awesome. So what are you looking forward to? If you, one thing you're looking forward to in 2022, what's that one race that you can't wait to see? <laughs> well, it's always the next one, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the, the, the event that I'm thinking of a lot about these days is uh, the World Championships in St. George in May, um, basically because we haven't seen a World Championship for two and a half years by then. And obviously uh, that, that is still the, the big event, I guess, that that um, kind of moves things forward on the Ironman side. Um, the October event in Kona. Yeah. I mean, that's also of course the big event that I'm looking forward to, but for now, St. George is, is top of my mind. And I think we'll have a lot of interesting situations there. So I'm starting to work on my rating report for St. George. Um, I've already done a course description based on the information that we have so far for the St. George course and a bit of a discussion um, for um, yeah, the impact that the course will have and the differences to Kona and to other events there. People can download that from my website or through, through my website. Then the rank, rank rating report will come out uh, a couple of weeks before St. George. Um, and yeah, and I, I mean, the events that always, um, uh, th that you um, like the most are the ones that you can actually be there. Um, I hope that St. George will be able for me to get there still working on on that uh finding someone who pays my travel bills for that <laughs> nice. and then uh the german races will be a bit easier i mean frankfurt is firmly on the calendar uh challenge road is firmly on the calendar and i think the collins cup uh, is also one that i uh will be uh, on site and we'll see how that how that turns out i mean th those were the events that i was at last year and it's always awesome to go to events and to meet people and i really love the atmosphere at the collins cup uh, with everyone being in the same hotel, everyone being kind of relaxed and in this team atmosphere um, and, and easy to chat to, but uh, still uh, seeing how, um, yeah, how focused everyone was uh, <laughs> starting the day before the race and on race day. Uh, so that was awesome racing there. Um, and I, I hope that it'll be similar this year. Awesome, guys. If you want to check out um, Torsten's website, all that stuff, if you want to look at the, the full money list uh, and all those other events that are going to be coming up at St. George and so on, go tryrating.com. Always love having you on the show, Torsten. Uh, have a good uh, work while Bevan and I kick back in the sun. <laughs> yeah, the sun's just come up, so uh, I'll, I'll switch computers to my work computer now and see what else comes up. But yeah, triathlon, always, always fun to chat with you. And thanks for having me on again. What's about you, Rock? Jombo, your thoughts. It's going to be a good year. Love Torsten's stats. Love the PTO stats. Uh, if you do want to tune in more for pro triathletes, go to both uh, tryrating.com and PTO, and you can just 
pick out a name, plug it in, and you find out all these stats. Brilliant. Okay, Coaches. Uh, cool. You did a park run. I'm going to make a prediction on where you got. Okay. I'm thinking eighth. No. Better? Yes. Second? No. Third? No. Did you win it? No. Uh, fourth? No. Fifth? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew it was fifth. <laughs> I was just full sense of security. A bit, of a bit of a weak crowd this week at Park Run. When, you, when there's a good crowd, what do you get? Uh, do you yeah, get top 10? Yeah, still top 10. But um, yeah, I'm not at, uh, not at peak condition. I was going into this race. Actually, I was standing on the start line. I was more nervous than I've been in an event for quite a while. Because of what? Unconditioned? Because I'm unconditioned and I thought... I was going to do a lifetime worst time oh, really? for 5K. And that is a negative frame mindset. But I was still, I had a plan and I was going to go as hard as I could. But my training was telling me, this is going to be really ugly. <laughs> and, uh, and no, it went way better than expected. So that was uh, that was really good. But a few things that came out from the weekend. Uh, so a park run for the, you guys that haven't done them. They're 5K sort of races that are pretty informal. Um, guys in the UK will know them well. If you're else in, in the States and stuff, maybe not so so well. But I always just reflect on events and even though it's only a little fun 5K, um, a few things that I would encourage all of you to get in the habit of doing. Um, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, running races I'm sure will be starting to crop up all over the place. Number one, wear a heart rate monitor um, because then you can judge your effort compared to other efforts. So if, especially if you're doing a series of park runs, that can be a really fantastic measure as to how hard you've uh, actually pushed yourself um, rather than just looking at the time that can be influenced by a whole bunch of other factors. So that's number one, wear your heart rate monitor. Number two, have a pacing plan, especially for the first quarter of the race and stick with it. Uh, hope like hell your GPS is working at the weekend. My GPS was all over the wazoo. I was a bit annoyed. I got shafted by about 150 metres or so off my total time and my K splits were all over the place. But have a firm pacing plan for that first uh, mile or first couple of Ks because it is just so, so easy to yeah. go out too hard. And it's, and it's just laughable yeah. when you're just running past people a K in and they are heaving and you're like, mate, Long you're, not way to go. A, you're not even a fifth of the way in. So have a pacing plan for that first uh, mile or so. Wind and weather matters, so make sure when you're, doing, you're out there doing your intervals that, you know, say for example, you're going to go and do six by one K or six by half mile reps, rather than just going to a track and do them, practice doing them into the wind and um, with the wind, so then you can actually try to gauge the, the difference that it makes um, with your splits, so again, that comes back to that pacing, so you know, say you want to run a 20 minute 5K, you know that you've got to be running four minute Ks. If it's a really windy day, that might mean running three minute 50 with a tailwind. It might mean running 4.10 into the headwind to, to sort of reach that time. But you need to practice that How and train. How do you figure that out? Sorry? Oh, you've got to... It's, just no, it's perceived exertion really, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So you've got to sort of just judge the wind and go, I reckon that's about a five second per K wind. So you're not going to get it exact. But if you go out too, too easy, if a tailwind, and you, go, you want to average four minute Ks... You're going to be going too easy, and when we make that turn, you're going to have to operate too hard into the wind. So. And that's why that's why understanding perceived exertion is really important. Like mm. tools are so great, but just understanding what a four minute let's say you run at four minute K pace, what that actually feels like, mm. you know, in intensity and body and all the rest. Of it, the deeper understanding you have of that and conditions like that, because if you've got to, if you're a watch plan to a hundred percent. And then it's a windy day. Mm. Well, what are you going to do? Or your GPS, like mine at the weekend. It was like I was like, that's not correct. That's a bullshit split. So yeah. uh, just having that perceived exertion is is really important. Be mentally ready for hurt to hurt. So if you're listening to this and you haven't done a lot of running racing, 
5k efforts uh you've got to be ready to hurt a lot more than what you do in triathlon at a different level but mentally you've got to be ready and you've got to want to do that to get the result that you want and then finally number five have a technique plan for when the wheels start to fall off in the final sort of yeah. mile to k and a half have some things you can call on to make sure you can hold your posture so for me say at the weekend it was about standing up tall it was about lifting my heels and lifting my knees uh, those are probably three key things that I was sort of focusing on everybody's different so have you know three to five things you can call on when you start to really hurt so that was just five little things that i thought about after doing park run last weekend what time did you do i did 17 30 uh which is probably a little bit better than what i deserved uh so i was okay with that when you're when you're really good right now what what would you hope to do i I, I, I know one time about two years ago (laughs) you you talked about 16 minutes yeah and it lasted about three weeks yeah uh sub 17 is probably about as good as it's going to get these days Uh, where's tommy now well, he went. He was at the park run, and he went through three k. He was about ten seconds up on me. He would have. He would have. He would have probably done seventeen thirty. But it would have been very, very close at the end. I think. Well, he was, but he blew up, did he? No, they, their their coach told them just do three k and then stop oh, and okay. jog it out. So they're not doing the full five k. So can he beat you now? Can he? Uh, oh, it's, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Now I'm gonna be, be really honest here. Is this a motivator for you? Not really. Like if he was running along in that race, if he'd been doing 5K, yes, I would have wanted to run and catch him up yep. and pass him, but I'm not too fussed <laughs> about it. It's, it's more my own performance. If, if, if I have a really good run and he beats me, hats off. Yeah. What will annoy me is if he beats me when I have a shitty day. Yeah. Anyhow. He's grounded. Apparently he's grounded this week. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, shit, got so. the microphone in my okay, face. Okay, microphone's over. Uh, okay, John, let's go. Winger Your of the week. week. So 10th of Jan, let's go number 10. Number 10 number on the winger of the week. Number 10. I imagine it might be a lot of big trading at the moment for a lot of people. Uh, okay, number 10, I see good old Tempo Skipper. Is that who you see? Tempo Skipper. That's a mm. funny name. That is 21 hours and 46 minutes from no swimming, 21 activities. Oh, wait a second. I is think it's probably, Joe Skipper. Probably is. He probably changed his name because I think he got lots of grief uh, when he went out training during COVID. So uh, Joe Skipper went off and, if it is Joe Skipper, it is Joe, it's yeah. Joe Skipper. he went off and did a 51K run the other day, I think from point to point. Uh, someone was telling me about it the other day uh, and a pretty impressive time. We didn't do any swimming last week. Joe, that's the area you need to work on, well, mate. Wait a second. It looks like he did 50... No, that can't be right. Well, three hours? Yeah, no, he apparently absolutely drilled it. 56K in three hours? Yeah, yeah. No, Jeez, he, that's a good effort. He, he raced, it was from his, the train station home or something like that. Go watch Joe's uh, YouTube channel if you want to find out more about it. So 539 miles? Yeah, it was it was legit, legit running hard. Uh, the 15 hours, plus he did 15 hours and 52 minutes on the bike, uh, but he did no swing. Need to work on that swing, Joe. So he went through, oh, sorry, sorry, no, he did... 50k and it wasn't 56k it was, it was 56 for 10 mile but yeah he did 50k in a sub three hour it's mm. a good effort mm. it's a good effort well the joke's a bloody good athlete god yeah um oh, look at that even i managed oh, i was 68th out of 100 last week i actually did a bit of training 13 hours and 49 minutes take that yeah take that yeah yeah take that yeah. whatever i did that was a song from take that okay uh questions and answers well let's say john swimsuit we've got no questions and answers john swimsuit what'd you do well what, what i'm gonna do tomorrow 600 right. well it's my gash and my leg heals up i might not actually be swimming i'll talk oh, about we've that got later. A gash, haven't we uh, i'm gonna do a 600 warm-up 100 free 100 doing 25 kick 25 drill and then 100 im and then the main set 
is going to be 9 by 200s, descend 1 to 3, 4 to 6, 7 to 9. So that's sort of one moderate, one hard, one very hard, repeating through uh, for number 1 to 3, number 4 to 6, number 7 to 9. Have uh, 15 seconds rest between each one. 200 metres doing a bit of drill and freestyle just to loosen off after that. And then a 1k continuous, steady and moderately hard, then warm down. Good times. Uh, let's talk about patrons. We've got Chris the Combustor Combustor Apple and Christine the Grinder McKinley. Now, have you seen her? I have not. When recently. I went in back in August, she said you needed to go. Oh no, I've seen her since then, but oh. she's uh, not working there anymore. I know. You I, got a, I got him. Yeah, no, I got him before. Yeah, good, good. Where's well, you I think go? I got a filling as well. I think. Where you going? Where'd um, you go? Where are we going to get test done next? I know. Who knows? Chrissy, just work. Do a little. Uh, one day a week somewhere for yeah, us. Just come around to Pep's house. Bring, bring, yeah. I've got a draw in the garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Colette. Andrew's the coasting Colette. There we go. Uh, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.irontalk.me and you're going to draw to win a cool prize. And John, we're doing a prize today. So what are we doing? We are going to be drawing a pair of the Magic 5 custom fitted swimming goggles. So they are custom made. You do a little scan. It scans over your face. And the idea is that the goggles are going to be molded specifically to the curvature of your face. Uh, it's quite a funky little process you go through. Initially, I was thinking these goggles are just going to be crazy expensive who's going to be able to afford it but when you actually check it out very reasonably priced um, back when I looked last year it was about New Zealand dollars 200 for three pairs I think it was US $50 a pair they're good goggles they do sit inside your eyes a lot more than the big bulky ones you buy these days but for me the nose piece was really well positioned so I didn't have that pressing down however it doesn't stop me sneezing <laughs> <You're> um, <right. laughs> Uh, so, and Jan Fredino uses them and if he uses them they must be good so if you ever experience leaky goggles or you just struggle to find a goggle that fits go check them out at themagic5.com and drum roll please Bevan or <laughs> this month's winner is Brian this work do a little uh, one day a week somewhere for us <laughs> just come around to bed yeah. I've got a draw in the garage <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh cool Andrew's the coasting Colette. There we go. Uh, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to www.irontalk.me and you're going to draw to win a cool prize. And John, we're doing a prize today, so what are we doing? We are going to be drawing a pair of the Magic 5 custom fitted swimming goggles. So they are custom made. You do a little scan. It scans over your face and the idea is that the goggles are going to be moulded specifically to the curvature of your face. Uh, it's quite a funky little process you go through. Initially, I was thinking these goggles are just going to be crazy expensive who's going to be able to afford it but when you actually check it out very reasonably priced um, back when I looked last year it was about New Zealand dollars 200 for three pairs I think it was US $50 a pair they're good goggles they do sit inside your eyes a lot more than the big bulky ones you buy these days but for me the nose piece was really well positioned so I didn't have that pressing down however it doesn't stop me sneezing <laughs> <You're> um, <laughs> Uh, so, and Jan Fredino uses them and if he uses them they must be good so if you ever experience leaky goggles or you just struggle to find a goggle that fits go check them out at themagic5.com and drum roll please Bevan or <laughs> this month's winner is Brian the funny guy Fallon 
So he's a bit of a coach as well. So yeah, have your work, Brian. I'll get in touch with you, Brian, and we'll get you some goggles sorted out from the Magic Five. Just want to say a big thank you to our other sponsors of the gifts, and that's World Triathlon Store. Remember, you can get one two hundred dollars of voucher. Uh, but also imtalk.me, go to the store to check out our gear, profile design, they've got the hydration, the wheels, the storage, aero bars, stems, handlebars, and again, Magic 5. Thanks for all those sponsors. Uh, if you want to get show emailed to you, front of the front page of imtalk.me, down the bottom, put it in, your info in, also that's where you become a patron, for some coaching, coachjohnnewsome.com. My podcast, I interviewed this really interesting woman that I released on my show today. Mm-hmm. She owns a nutrition business. You know, I don't care too much about nutrition, but her live story, man. She was like a she was like a myth addict, and like mm. a, you think you know, when you see movies where people are literally in like buildings, myth prostitute, like mm, wow. yeah. And then had this moment where she kind of like, oh my god, what am I doing in my life? And now it's like a professor at Yale or something like that. And cool, yeah, like unbelievable story. So if you want to listen to some inspiration, check out my podcast. Um, cool content, age group of the week, cool websites, other feedback. I am talking. Podcast at gmail.com. Jumbo, you got you, you've got you've turned up with with bandages on. I had two gashes on my leg. I was trying to be a bit of a smarty at the party yesterday. Oh. And because my lazy daughter had gone for a sleepover. Lazy daughter, mm, here we and go. And lazy wife. Oh, <laughs> oh, she, 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 oh back it up. She's not a big listener of the show. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> well, she Felicity had a sleepover. Yep. Uh, it was uh, how far from home? Mm. Maybe a K and a half away. Couldn't yeah. have dropped around there. She had a backpack on that she needed to take. But I was like, what are you dropping around? This is the environment. You're supposed to not do these short journeys. That's She's right. got a bike. She can ride it around there. Anyway, she didn't. So I was on pickup duty. I said, I'm not driving a car around there. I'll oh, so you made her walk home? No. I, I thought, I'll bike around there to pick her up. Take two bikes? Take two bikes. Oh, okay. I see what happened. When you do, when you do that with a road bike, it's pretty easy. Yeah, because the handlebars, the handlebars are narrow. quite narrow. Yeah. I decided to take the mountain bikes. <laughs> I can see it happening. Far out. It's okay when you're on the flat. So there's two, there's two mistakes that happen. The address is a street called Vernon Terrace, um, which is... It's, Where's that? Well, this is where... This is where the fun's. I thought Vernon Terrace was actually the one that goes up Rapaki Hill. Oh, yeah. Another one. yeah, yeah. So I had the number that I needed to get to. And so I actually had to stop at the bottom of the hill because I was had the bike on, on my right hand like I was just dragging along. This is a mountain bike. But my gear changer on my mountain bike is on the other side, so I actually had to stop, pull over, change the gears, and then struggle to get going again. I'm biking up this hill, and firstly, there were some bikers in front of me. I'm like, how slow are you going? I'm catching you up. Yeah. But anyway, I was looking at the number and going, there's no way there's that number of houses there. I got about halfway up and go, shit, this isn't Vernon had Terrace. Had you mapped it? Had you mapped it? No, because I thought I just thought it's Vernon Terrace. Okay. So wait, so now you've got a bike downhill. I've down. <laughs> I'm standing there going... Is this a good move? Is uh, I don't think I uh, what the hell, we'll give it a go. Boom. Because <laughs> so, so, you couldn't put the brakes on the other one, could you? No. Yeah. And so that's why it just got away. So on you me. start to break and it starts to get in front I, of you. I literally it. got five meters straight over the handlebars. I was oh, like, no. oh no. And luckily a, a runner came along and said, Are you okay? And I said, Yes, my pride's a bit hurt. She said, Can I actually said, Can I help? And I was like, No, you can't. Actually, do you want to ride this bike to the bottom of the hill? She helped out. She rode at the bottom of the hill. Genius. Vernon Terrace was the one that ran parallel to the hill <laughs> on the flat. So, just oh. bike up Vernon Terrace. Uh, here comes the house. Go to stop. Handlebars <laughs> connected. <laughs> Went over the handlebars again. This time, broke my shoe, my mountain bike oh, shoe, no. beyond repair. The little get, uh, the little ratchet thing snapped off. I was like, great. 
broke Thomas's bike. <laughs> oh, it no. specifically said before going, don't let Felicity ride my bike because she'll break it. Why did you take his bike then? Well, because I just need another bike to take. Wait, so you're not got a bike? Uh, I wanted to take his. It was easier to take his. Turns out it wasn't. <laughs> broke my bloody leg just about with a huge big gash in it. And so broken shoe, broken bike, broken, broken ego. Pride. Complete waste of time and ended up costing me a lot of money. Do you know what you should have done? Take the, the car. car. <laughs> Not listen to the wife, though. Take the car. Not listen to the lazy wife. Yeah. <laughs> You're in trouble, yeah. So that was uh, oh, yesterday's adventures, which is probably going to mean I can't swim for a day or two. Oh, that's yeah. sensational. What did you do in New Year's? New Year's, I was in bed. Uh, oh, come on, some. Yeah, the kids were up, Belinda and I were tucked up in bed. Uh, so no, we had a really good holiday, um, but the kids were up and we and I was in bed. Did the kids have other friends around? No, they were just sitting up waiting for the fireworks. Oh, the fireworks here, is it? Mm, big fireworks. Uh, mm. Who puts that on, the council? No, this lady just pays for it. They put a barge out in the harbour, and not in the harbour, in the, in the beach. And it just there's some goes money nuts. around there, but isn't Oh, there? yeah. Yeah, some big money yeah. around there, but it's yeah. so, uh, so that was our New Year's. But good times, good holidays, good family activities. Yeah. Follow me. I'm, I'm getting more prolific with my social media, with my, my, my posts and I stuff. I see that. Yeah, 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 get yeah, on there. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So that was it. Yours was not so eventful, unfortunately. No, unfortunately, Joe's dad did pass away and it was really sad and it's been pretty. It's been a tough time. But we did actually have a New Year's. We did, It was actually quite nice. We went to our friends, um, the, the Haycocks. And the tailors, because everyone else has gone away, we didn't go camping. But um, so, but we, we actually party pretty hard. And, well, not party hard, but I made it 12 o'clock. But yeah. we, we basically, about 9.30, we put the music on. And our friends, the Haycocks, have a bit of a karaoke machine. Mm-hmm. And so we're karaoke, dancing away, having a good night. And then Kate had bought me, uh, Eden, Eden's Kate's daughter. She had brought a friend around. And as Kate's driving home, the friend goes to um, <laughs> goes to Kate. Oh my God, that Bevan was so drunk. <laughs> and Kate goes, Bevan doesn't even drink. And she goes, what? <laughs> so, so obviously I was partying pretty hard, John. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was, actually, it was actually quite good. But yeah, no, it's been a funny time. But it's one of those times in life you've got to be there for the family. So, exactly. Yeah, so, but looking forward to... Oh, what? Yeah, you've, uh, yeah, I meant to bring you a present up here, actually. Oh, I like presents. So you're talking up a go- this is a bit of advice for listeners. You maybe you're listening to some show- some shows late December last year. Bevan was raving about this game. Oh, did you like it? No. Oh. Absolute oh. but we got the wrong edition, I think. Oh. 